Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of I Know Best, the light-hearted panel show brought to you by Anyone's Game. I'm your host, Gordon McComb, and joining me tonight is Chris Toner. Gordon. Peter Quinn. Hey, Gordon. And Robbie Hanratty. Good evening, Gordon. Good evening, all. We're here to run the rule over the last seven days in women's football in Scotland. I've got six questions for my pundits to argue about. We'll work out who makes the best argument in each category, and hopefully by the end, we'll have ourselves a winner as well. As usual, we round out the show as well with something that's got me thinking way over in left field. But that's enough of an intro. Let's just crack right on with the show. First up, we'll look at who's had a good week this week. Chris, who or what has stood out for you in the last seven days? Um, well, Scottish women's football as a whole, um, just with the top clubs voting to join the SPFL um, come next season, I think it will do a lot for the Scottish game as a whole, try and boost the profile of it and more investment and some of the clubs that haven't gone professional yet and hopefully more of a professional setup going forward. A big step that's going to have a lot of ramifications going forward, not just for uh, this season, but for the many to come. Peter, though, how, how about you for a good week? I've gone with uh, Celtic keeper Rachel Johnson, uh, getting a, a Scotland call-up while the, the circumstances were admittedly quite bad with Chloe Logan's injury. Uh, being around that squad for, for the week will have been a, a massive booster uh, for such a young player as well, getting that call-up, um, being around the squad, experienced players like Caroline Weir, Rachel Corsi, uh, that can that can only set her up well for the, the run of games that she's probably going to get now till the end of the season uh, since we've had the unfortunate news that Chloe Logan's injury really is just as, as bad as we feared at the time. Yeah, it's uh, one that is uh, going to be a, a real impact on her going forward and hopefully, like we say, the recovery is, is a swift one and with uh, the kind of ACL knee injuries um, that yeah, like we say, that quality of life beyond football as well is something that she's able to maintain because that's always your first thought uh, with with those kind of injuries. So hopefully, hopefully, Chloe, you've got a, a swift and easy recovery as well. Uh, but Robbie, how about you for a good week? So for my good week, I've delved down to the SWPL two and I've chosen Muir. They had a four 0 victory over Queens Park on Sunday, which makes it three wins in a row for them, and with a game in hand. They're now on Glasgow Girls and Women's coattails for that second position and that would be guaranteed a playoff spot. So I think things are going very well for Buttermere at the moment. Yeah, I certainly was impressed uh, with their performance against Partick Thistle in the, the Scottish Cup. Unlucky perhaps um, to not take it further than extra time and, and go to the lottery penalties and see what could happen. Uh, certainly a good spell for them. But we'll go back to the top and have a vote and, and see if we can come up with who's got the best idea. Chris, you can't vote for your own answer, obviously. But who between Peter and Robbie has put the best case forward? Um, I think I'll have to go with Peter. Um, Rachel's obviously a very good keeper. Um, she's only, I know she was 17 at the time of cup final. I don't know if she's turned 18 yet, but still certainly a young keeper um, obviously very unfortunate um, the circumstances around Chloe's injury get well soon um, but yeah getting in the Scotland squad at that age and she's only going to get better and I think the experience will improve her as a player as a whole Peter how about you who are you voting for 
Um, it's a close one to, to start off with. Uh, I'll go as Robbie this time. I think uh, Burnmuir are looking like a good a good outside bet at the moment to make a real impact in the race for promotion to the SWPL one. We last to vote. Uh, could you pick a winner here? So I'd like to echo everyone else's thoughts to Chloe Logan on her injury announced today. But I'm choosing Chris's option of the SWPL moving to the SPFL. And listeners of the podcast will know me, Kenny and Gordon spoke quite thoroughly about that on previous podcasts. And I do think it's a very good move for Scottish women's football. All right, well, leaving me the option to be the tiebreaker, I appreciate the, the delegation of power. Uh, Peter, I think I'll give you the point on this one because, yeah, like you say, the circumstances are, are difficult, obviously, but what a time to step up and get involved. And it's, you know, Rachel, I'm sure, will be hoping to be part of Scotland squads, many a Scotland squad to come, and, and so important to get there in the first place. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure she'll be over the moon with, with how it's been the last seven days. Not everyone, though, has come out of the last seven days smelling of roses. Peter, who's had a week that they'd rather forget? So I've gone for, uh, the unfortunately, the Scottish national team, uh, mainly focusing on offensively, going forward. Despite getting a, a positive result in the end in the game against Hungary, it was really worrying to me how little we managed to create going forward. I know that Erin Cuthbert was unavailable and she's undoubtedly a phenomenal player. But with the rest of the talent that we've got in that squad going forward, we should still manage to create a fair bit more than we did in this game. Uh, and it seems to be a bit of a recurring theme. I remember in the Ukraine game not too long ago, it was a similar story. We really struggled to create chances. Uh, so hopefully it's something that we can manage to turn around quite soon. Yeah, we, uh, we spoke a couple of times on the podcast previously about Scotland's woes. It's uh, not surprising that they're featuring here. Um, given how things have been going. Chris, uh, how about you, though? Uh, who's had a bad week? Um, I'm going to go to the She Believes Cup and poor old New Zealand's Michaela Moore scoring a very unfortunate, perfect hat-trick of own goals against the US. It's one of those that's equally impressive and, uh, you know, uh, so, so sore. Uh, I'm sure it has been for her, but... Um, one of those records you would never want, but somehow is, is pretty impressive that you've managed to get it. Certainly well-deserving of, of being in the nominations for, for Bad Week. And Robbie, last one up. Uh, I love how we're all going for cups here and not choosing individual teams, but I've actually went, changed my answer, and I'm going to go with the Arnold Clark Cup. And there was just 249 fans at Middlesbrough's Riverside Stadium for the opening game of the tournament as Germany do one all with Spain and Spain have got some of the best women's players in the world and personally thought that was really concerning considering the women's Euros was hosted in England this summer I know the weather at this time of year might put people off but 249 fans isn't a great look for the women's game and kind of emphasised how much they've still got to go to get attract people along Certainly a, a poor showing, that's uh, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just one of those. It's because it's a friendly tournament and um, maybe less less awareness of it. But yeah, certainly concerning with uh, what's to come in the summer. Peter, we'll go back to you and uh, time to cast your vote. Yeah, I think that Robbie's raised a very good point there. But 
I mean, in terms of a bad week, a, a perfect hat trick of OGs, I don't think you can really top that. So I'm definitely having to go with Chris here. Chris, one vote already. Uh, who are you voting for, though? Um, I'm going to go with um, Robbie. Um, I think he put his argument across pretty well. Um, England are hosting the Women's Euros this summer. Um, you look at the teams on show, um, Germany, former two-time world champion, Spain, a very top quality side. And um, yeah, getting some n- numbers that you'd expect to see in kind of the lower leagues in Scotland and not certainly not the numbers you'd hope to see. Um, amongst two international sides, two top international women's sides in the country that are major tournaments taking place this summer. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Robbie, last one to cash a vote. I'm going for this hat-trick of own goals. I didn't actually see it from the She Believes Cup, but after Chris putting it out, I really want to see this because that's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, Chris gets my vote. All right, Chris, point to you. There's not been so many games in the last seven days, but plenty of chance for a player or two to stand out. And Robbie, uh, you're first up. Who's uh, stood out most for you? Yeah, so it's probably no surprise to much listeners where I've chosen chosen Dun United's Danny McGinley, following her two goals and assist in the 6-1 SWPL2 win over Kilmarnock on Sunday. That was... Danny's 19th and 20th goals of the season in all competitions and I just think she's been tremendous and a reason why Dundee United are romping the league. Yeah, confidence must be absolutely sky high at the moment. Chris though, how about you for player of the week? Um, I've gone for someone who was on the wrong end of the result um, but for a performance, um, Charlotte Parker-Smith um, made a series of key saves that kept the score a rather respectful 2-0 against a Celtic side that has Champions League aspirations. Yeah, certainly someone that's uh, featured a lot on, on I Know Best for, for her efforts and uh, another one where it's a it's a strong performance that's got, got us talking about her. Uh, but Peter, you're last up. I'm going for Scotland goalie, Eartha Cummings. Uh, it was a great performance from her in general on her debut, uh, which has been a long time coming as well. She's had a, you know, kind of a, a long way to get there. And she's, yeah, she, she put a, a real top performance in and fully deserved her, her moment of glory with the, the good save and the shootout. I think she'll be a fixture in the squad for a wee while to come with the way that she's playing down south at the moment after that little nervy moment at the start with the Abby Harrison bypass to uh, to keep her cool uh, for the rest of it and as you say you know easy to pick a goalkeeper when there's a penalty shootout and there's a chance to be a hero and, and, and Arthur stepped up and did exactly that um, all the more impressive when you hear the story of, of her signing away um, basically whether or not she'd, she'd come out of surgery with her legs attached to her body or, or having to be removed it's a, you know something uh, I'm sure she'll still pinch herself at uh, the moments that have happened over the last seven days for her, given where where she's come from as well. Um, but Robbie, we'll go back to you. Uh, you've got one of two goalkeepers to pick from. Uh, you, who's who's got the golden gloves for you? Oh, I, I hate be, being put in this position because I think Tish makes a very good point. Charlotte Parker Smith has sometimes had unfair criticism over the last couple of seasons, even on this podcast from us, but. She was on the losing side, and I think just the whole story around Charlton Char- Char- Affleck's goalkeeper, Eartha Cummings, and just 
who ended up the heroics in a penalty shootout. I think I have to give it to Peter on this one, just for the whole overall story. But both, credit to both goalkeepers for the weekend's deployments. Yes, you've got a, a split top of the pitch, bottom of the pitch. Uh, obviously, can't pick your own choice, but where are you going with your vote? Um, well, it's actually um, Robbie's ar- argument there has swayed it for me away from Robbie and to Peter here, um, just to, to say the whole story behind it all and um, some of the heroics in the shootout. All right, well, Peter already wrapped up the points, but who are you voting for just as your as your consolation prize? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Charlotte Parker-Smith here because... It's it seems very harsh on her that she put in such a great performance and in the end maybe it wasn't even the goalkeeping performance of the week uh, in in Scottish football. But yeah, terrific effort from her to keep Hearts in that game. Yeah, that's uh, you on two points now and uh, back in the lead. That's enough about the players, though. How about the ones making the big picture decisions? Which manager has impressed you this week, Chris? Um. I'm going to go with one that I think the panel are going to find a bit controversial. I just I looked through some of the league performances and that from this weekend and there wasn't really any standouts. So I wound up going for Scotland manager Pedro Martinez Losa. Um, just I felt that finding them to a fifth place finish in the Pinnatar Cup after a opening defeat to Wales, coming back, bouncing back, getting a 2-0 win over Slovakia and then the penalty shootout went over Hungary, so I gave him my vote for manager of the week. Certainly when you frame it like that, I, I see where you're going with it in terms of the recovery from, from the, the poor start. Um, Robbie, though, how about you for, for manager of the week? So I went for St Johnston manager Grant Scott. They had a 1-0 win over Glasgow Girls, and I just think since he's taken over, St Johnston have had a bit of a resurgence. And we all know Grant Scott is a well-respected manager within Scottish women's football, being there with Hibs and Glasgow City. I think he just deserves my vote. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep it simple and uh, and uh, try and bank some favour there while you're at it. Peter, though, you'll, you'll run this out for Manager of the Week. I've gone for Hearts manager, Avo Leeds. Um, while conditions definitely played a, a big part in the outcome of that game, uh, she... She set her side up well against Celtic and managed to keep Hearts competitive throughout the full 90 minutes, which hasn't really always been the case for them uh, when they've been playing against top opposition. So for me, that's something for them to build on uh, for the rest of the season and try to string together a lot of uh, solid performances against the top sides. And if they if they defend like that, then they should manage to pick up some, some points against the other sides down the bottom. Certainly worth noting that, you know, like like you say, that the, the teams down at the bottom, that sometimes you expect them to just get rolled over by the biggest sides, so that that's not actually happened too much this season. Um, got Hamilton in mind thinking of a couple of strong performances and, uh, uh, you know, plenty of others as well. So credit to um, the managers, so the teams at the bottom end of the SWPL1 for instilling that, like you say, like Ava's done, that little bit of, of steel when they do come up against uh the bigger teams. Uh, but Chris, we're back to you. Um, your controversial choice, you can't vote for yourself, obviously, but um, who from Robbie and Peter's picks are you going with? Um, I'll give my vote here to Robbie. Um, 
with picking Grant Scott. Um, I just think that, um, as he said, the resurgence under Scott at St. Johnson, um, kind of sitting about mid-table, it won't be enough to get them in for a promotion challenge, but um, certainly be interesting to see what he does having a full campaign with him next season, they'll be like. Yeah, I think certainly when we spoke to uh, well, Peter and I, we spoke to him after the uh, his first game in charge at Glasgow Girls. Um, he kind of waved away any notion of being in, pushing into a promotion cha- a playoff and a promotion push, I should say. Um, and this was kind of the aim, and it, it's good to see that he's uh, on course for that in the moment. Um, Robbie, though, where are you throwing your vote? Well, I, well, I do love Chris's talk sport style debate sort of one, and I do see, I do acknowledge that considering. We was the holders. We lost the first game. There was a bit of that doom and gloom. And then we clawed it back and got fifth. I do see that point. But, Peter, I'll give you my vote. Eva Ollie Hearts, before she took over, that could have been a thrashing. And she's slowly building them into something that I think there's something good building with Hearts. And you can see that against Celtic. They're well organised and they didn't concede. I know Parker Smith had a good game, but it didn't look like he conceded a lot of goals. So, Eva Ollie, fair play. Shout out there. How about you? Where's your vote going? Again, it's a close one. And as Robbie said, I do see where Chris is coming from with the Martinez Losa uh, shout. But I'll, I'll go with Grant Scott as well. I predicted at the start of the season that St. Johnson would be up there and thereabouts in a, a push for promotion, which at the time I acknowledged was a bit of a long shot. Uh, but they're, they're kind of moving up towards that way at, at the moment. And it doesn't seem quite as outlandish and ridiculous a claim as, as it was maybe looking uh, a month or two ago. So, yeah, I think Grant Scott's done a great job and they'll be really looking forward to what they can achieve the rest of this season and then moving into the next season. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And Robbie, first point on the board for the show. Thank goodness. Well, we talk a lot. There's plenty of talk in general and uh, some of it's useful. I'd like to think we're occasionally useful with our, with our chat, but enough speaking about uh, you know ourselves and how we speak time to hear about how others speak and what others have had to say it's soundbite of the week and peter you're up first so i've gone for something that i think uh, i heard this week and it's something that's important for all fans players managers to remember every now and then david mcculloch was talking after the two each draw with partick thistle about how at times she felt frustrated and was wanting a wee bit more from her players but then she looked out at the ridiculous, crazy conditions and thought that she maybe wasn't really sure what she would do differently if she was out there in their place, uh, which I think we can we can maybe all relate to. We've been in the stands watching a match in horrible conditions and, and wondered, oh, what, what are they doing that for? Come on, we need to, you know, need to change this up, need to try something a wee bit different. But being out there in the, the howling wind, pouring rain, the sleep, whatever it might be, uh, it can it can be a very different place when, when you're actually out there. And I think it was uh, an interesting point that she brought up at the end of the game. It was, uh, it was absolutely awful. Uh, well, it was only really like a couple of spells where it was really dreadful weather, but it was, you know... You no, know, that conditions were mental. Like, just, it was just on and off. One minute the sun was out, and then... So fair play to both sets of players on Sunday between... Partick and Spartans for getting on with it because I certainly would have wanted to be taking cover. Well, Robbie, as you say, you're up next as well, though, uh, for what's your soundbite of the week? 
I went for Glasgow City's Hayley Lauder. She was saying in the press conference on Wednesday when asked about her international future in if she's been frustrated by being overlooked since Pedro Martinez Loza came in, obviously before she's had plenty of caps in the Scotland national team set up. And she said that while she's always been available for international selection, she's happy kind of supporting the girls on the side, but she knows in herself that she's doing the best she can for Glasgow City and helping them be the best they can. I thought that was pretty interesting that it's never like, oh, she's in her 30s now, she's retired, she's um, still out there wanting potential call-up. Yeah, certainly not wanting to be forgotten about and uh, certainly if she can be a, a driver that helps turn around uh, Glasgow City's title push, then uh, surely you would expect Caps to follow as well. Uh, but Chris, you're last up for a soundbite. Um, so I'm going to uh, Fran Alonso's um, post-match interview with Celtic TV, looking ahead to this coming Sunday's Old Firm showdown. He said about them, um, they only get beaten by us this season. Nobody else has beat them, so we will be looking forward to try to do it again. And it was said with that certain wee bit of swagger that Fran likes to put on, like certain degree of smugness. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, well, you know, like if if uh, if you're the only one that can beat uh, beat Rangers, then I'm sure you're going to be reminding everyone about it as well. I'm sure, I'm sure. But right to be, yeah. Uh, we'll go back to the top, and Peter, time to cash your vote. So, I mean, first, I just wanted to pay a, a wee bit of attention to uh, Robbie's point with Hayley Lauder. She's a refreshingly honest person to interview. You know, we interviewed her after the disappointing result against Rangers a couple of weeks ago, Gordon, and she just says it how it is. You know, she doesn't pull any punches when talking about her own performance, her team's performance, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so very, like I say, it's, it's refreshing when you're when you're interviewing um, a player to kind of get such kind of honest, straightforward responses. Uh, there's no no messing about, no uh, avoiding the point or avoiding the question. She she gets straight to it. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go for uh, Chris's answer. Uh, I think just picturing Fran Alonso. I've not seen the interview myself, but picturing with a wee a wee smile on his face and enjoying the fact that. You can you can throw out that wee that wee nugget of information and and try to let it settle in the minds of Rangers players and and staff as well. Like uh, no comment of your your uh, team allegiances at this time either, will we, Peter? No. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, that that wasn't the hard part of it. Just again, as I've interviewed Fran Alonso quite a few times, uh, I can absolutely p- picture it myself. Just him sitting there, quite quite happy in the knowledge of. Uh, yeah, knowing exactly what he was doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I do agree. I do agree. Robbie, though, how about you for your vote? Oh, it's tough, but it's between two of the uh, royalties of uh, Scottish women's football. But I, I, do, I do like the smirkness of Dan Alonso, what he said. But having been at that game on Sunday, I think Debbie McCulloch makes a very good point there that you probably, no matter what you do, it wasn't a day for great football, summed up in the first few minutes when a clearance went backwards. So, yeah, I think you, know, you sum that up well with that quote. Well, this thing was that, that that clearance that hangs up in the air and ends up further behind than uh, when it was taken um, happened 
what, in the final 10 minutes as well, I seem to recall. Uh, so have it two times in separate spells in the game. To just kind of highlight how bad the weather was. It was just like, let us see, torrid, torrid. Anyway, though, Chris, you're uh, last up to vote. Um, I think if I gave my vote to Peter's here, I'd be conceding the show, so I'm going to be a little bit tactical and give the vote to Robbie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely shameless. Not even an explanation. Right. Just getting too right. <laughs> um, I tell you what, it's going to work in your favour as well because giving me the the tiebreaker, uh, Chris, I'm going to give you the point as well, just because like I say we've all we've all spoke to Fran. We all know um, what a, what a lovely guy he is to, to interview and, and how much he enjoys it. And it's nice to have a soundbite where you can tell he's absolutely reveling in it. Um, he he loves speaking to speaking to us and speaking to Celtic TV and beyond. And um, yeah, yeah, nice that we get to flag that one up again. Well, that's looking at the last seven days done. It's time to look ahead to Sunday and get our big predictions out into the open. Uh, check your coupon, uh, work out how we're going to spoil it this weekend. Peter, what's your big call? So I'm going for Hamilton to manage to pick up at least a point uh, away to Spartans. I know that, as we've mentioned, the conditions weren't great for Spartans last match there, but it, it's really worrying how much they're struggling this season, given how um, how impressive they were last year. So I, I don't don't really know what's going wrong for them, but they'll hope to, to get it fixed sometime soon. Uh, Hamilton have been unlucky at different points throughout the season, and I can I can see them getting something here. All right, Chris, how about you? Where, where you uh, what do you see in the crystal ball? So I'm going to go that by the close of play on Sunday, that Celtic will be sitting second. And the way that can come about is if they win, of course, well, they have to win to leapfrog City, but um, Glasgow City actually don't have to lose. Hibs, they can pick a point up against Hibs and Celtic would still leapfrog them with a win because they have the exact same goal difference at the minute and obviously Celtic win would give them superior goal difference so that's what I'm seeing in my crystal ball this weekend It would be uh, an interesting one in terms of the ramifications for the title race should that, that one play out. Robbie last up though for your big prediction well, I'm going to channel my inner Robin McCafferty here with my uh, crystal ball and clairvoyancy and go for Spartans, Glasgow City, Hearts, Aberdeen and Rangers all to win. And if you didn't notice, that is five home wins for all SWPL1 teams this Sunday. Yeah, big, big, big call and also somehow slightly not given, given, the, given the biggest games and there's a couple of, couple of interesting ones there. Uh, it's certainly be interesting to see how that stacks up versus uh, the the predictions that have already gone in um, for anyone's game for the for the prediction table we've got going on. As you say, Robin, um, you know we'll make a joke about it every time, but she's so far in front is untrue. Um, certainly interesting to see where she goes on that one. We'll go back to the top. We'll go back to Peter. I just want uh, a, a little bit of um, discussion about which. Uh, which prediction, we'll go with which prediction would you like to see happen? Well, I think it would make a, an interesting battle for the, the Champions League spots if Chris, uh, Chris's prediction comes true. 
Robbie's one I like just from my kind of OCD nature. Uh, five home wins. Uh, that would that, that would be quite nice. I also just wanted to quickly mention as well that I am relying on Hamilton. I've, I've kind of predicted them to pick up results once or twice this season. That hasn't quite happened yet, but I'm still backing them. They're going to do this. This this week they have it. Chris, what do you make of the other pundits' predictions? Um, definitely bold. Um, obviously, I'm not liking Robbie's seeing as he's backing Celtic to lose and I'm backing him to end up being second by the close of play on Sunday. But... Um, yeah, I'd actually quite like to see Hamilton pick up a few points. Um, they were desperately unlucky when they played City. Their keeper had a blinder a game and then ended up losing a late, late goal. So they get done out at least a point that day. So I'd like to see Hamilton get up, get a point at least, or even pick up a win. And then they won't be so rooted to the bottom of the table. It could make the end of the season at that end of the table a bit more interesting. For sure. No, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, certainly, Hamilton, as you see, a, a little bit in danger of, of falling away further than they already have. And to be able to kind of close that gap up again and really put a cat amongst the pigeons would be would certainly be interesting. Uh, Robbie, the last up for uh, what you think of, of the other two predictions. Yeah, I think both lads make very good points there. Hamilton, as much as we're all rooting for Spartans as well with sponsoring... Robin this season. I think Hamilton, eight points adrift at the bottom of the table. They need at least a point or a win. And that's the sort of games you've got to pick it up with. Not you're going to end up cut adrift and one season back in the top flight and then you're back down again. So I would like to see that happen. Celtic to break into the top two. It would be interesting. It would make a good climax to the league. I'm not sure if I want to see it happen, but it'd be interesting to see what Van Alonso would have to say if they could triumph against Rangers once again. Well, we're all done with the arguments, so all that's left for me to do is to work out a winner. But before we do, I've got one more question for my pundits that's been bothering me this week. International football has taken over uh, with the friendly cups uh, for most national sides taking uh, taking part at the moment, whether it was the She Believes Cup, the Arnold Clark or the Pinatar Cup that Scotland took part in. Uh, but... I don't care about those. What I really care about is knowing what our pundits think they'd get an international call-up in. Uh, Robbie, you start. I would love to get an international call-up. What I'd love to get an international call-up is in football, but particularly five-a-side tournaments. So, Kenny and I, we love our five-a-side predictions, our teams from all our guests on the podcast. And I'd love those international tournament of five-a-side games and it was mixed men and women and we can make some of these teams happen basically you just want to play master football with uh, with, uh, with 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 some Which really good journey. players yeah 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 exactly uh, i'd exactly. love that fair enough fair enough fair enough. uh chris how about you what, what do you think you're, you're good enough to get an international call up in or what would you like to be called up uh, for um, I've got quite a good broad general knowledge. Um, can recall some of the most random mundane facts, um, even like random facts people might have forgotten they've did or said about themselves. So maybe some kind of quiz team might be good at that for that for those reasons. What kind of what kind of quiz show are we thinking? Is it like an egghead? Is it is it a, a more a more you know higher brow than that and, and and only connect or you know what kind of level of, of quiz competition are we speaking about um maybe more 
highbrow kind of things, like you say, is, yeah, I do have a good broad general knowledge. Um, I wouldn't let be an egghead or a chaser or something, but, um, yeah, I think I like the suggestion you made there, so I'll go with that. All right, Peter, last up, what, what do you think you could get a call up in? Uh, along fairly similar lines to Chris, I've gone with uh, kind of useless sports trivia. If, if there was an international competition for knowing random little pieces of information about sport, I would be expecting a phone call at some point. Uh, kind of, no matter the sport, I, I'd probably know some ridiculous and, again, ultimately useless uh, fact about it. Uh, football is definitely the worst. Uh, you know, I'm really bad for, for knowing... Well, I suppose really good for knowing really, really random facts. Uh, for example, like at five years old, it was the 2002 World Cup in Japan in South Korea, and I made a full ring binder folder with all the team's details in it, with kits, flags, top scorers, all of the facts and stats that you could possibly imagine. And yeah, it wasn't really out of character for me. Um, I think the the moral of the story is that I've just always been a bit of a, a nutcase when it comes to sport, not not just recently uh, in our plans to, to to adventure down to other countries for international matches, etc. Like we're halfway to an anyone's game quiz team, you know, Chris Peter. Which need you know what what's Kenny know? That's that that's what useless knowledge has Kenny got in the back back pocket. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I imagine there would be some there. I, I, I can picture that, Kenny. Kenny would be able to come up with, with some of the, the kind of random out there piece of, of general knowledge. Show, showbiz, you can, bet, you can bet Kenny would be good at showbiz. Isn't that a place in Scotland that Kenny's not been to or a Wellespoon's pub that he hasn't ventured into, he told me. So I'm sure the pub quiz would be, he'd be a solid addition. And I, I think I could echo you, Peter. I like that being five years old and just a sponge for sport and like football. So I used to always be called like Stato all my dad's pals as well because I just remember the most insane things from like Aberdeen Lonies or just random players we played against and I think that's probably rubbed off to all of us doing women's football now as well. Well I mean I don't really want to have to do another tiebreaker just yet so what we're going to do instead is have just one slight more detour before we work out what we're doing with the crown uh, for this episode at least. Um, and we're going to have a quick jump to, to Sunday, but in less of a prediction sense and more in a telling you what's going on with anyone's game sense. And uh, Chris, you're, a, you're at the heart of some of the things that anyone's game is doing at the weekend. So, so why don't you run us through what, what you're up to on Sunday? Um, so I'm waiting some of the details, but um, I'll be putting together um, the kind of, as editing together the As Live podcast um, from home, watching along the um, old firm, getting audio pieces and that and then putting together something to go out you were given uh dylan and kenny the the quick message being like no i need this i need this tell me send me tell me your things but uh so no keep your eyes on on anyone's game for for that podcast come out on sunday is we cover the best of the old firm uh in what will be uh, i'm sure a, a really really tantalizing interesting clash and obviously available to watch on BBC Alba as well. So if you can't for any reason get along to it, you do have an option to watch it too. Well, I've, I've dodged around it long enough. It's time to work out what we're doing with the crown because we've got, we've got a tie at the moment. And I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be generous. Um, uh, we're going to see Peter, Chris, you're, you're splitting the crown of sorts. Uh, 
what, what we're going to do is with this episode going up, uh, we're going to put out a, a Twitter poll. Uh, I'm going to get everyone else that's listening to weigh in and tell us who you think between Peter and Chris gets the gets the win. Robbie, you're, you're not getting anywhere near this poll, mate. You only got one point. You got no chance. <laughs> um, so we'll put up a wee Twitter poll. You've got to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening, obviously, at, at this point. But now I must ask you to hop on Twitter, go to at anyone's game, have a look for this poll and, uh, and tell us who between Peter and Chris knows best this week. Um, because there's, we don't know otherwise. And uh, I, I just want a winner. I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to be greedy for a winner. Other than that, I guess really that's, you know, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much to my pundits for uh, giving your opinions. Thank you to Robbie. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks very much, Peter. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. And thank you, Chris. Thank you. That's all we've got time for for another seven days, at least anyway. You'll hear us in the next one. Bye-bye.